From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A special hello to all of you catching us on the podcast, TalkZone.com. It's a great place to go for the podcast. Apparently, I'm getting emails. We're having some trouble with iTunes. I don't know what's happening there. So you've always got TalkZone.com. Uh, those of you, of course, listening to this transmission on one of your mobile devices, thanks to the uh, the Conspiracy Show app, fabulous and free for Android and iTunes. Those of you listening on one of our great affiliate stations across the United States, and uh, those of you watching us on the, the live YouTube stream, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Don't forget to hit the sub button. Wherever and however you're listening, watching, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, Joshua P. Warren is with us for the hour, and he's just moments away. We spoke off the air uh, before the uh, the show, and he's in Puerto Rico, right in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, most apropos for a paranormal investigator. Uh, Ian Robertson is here on the other side of the glass, my fine rockabilly friend, twisting the knobs and the dials. And uh, let's check in with Ian. Ian, any uh, any gigs coming up for your? You've got two rockabilly, not one, two rockabilly bands. Uh, the wretched ones. Just just one rockabilly band. Oh. <laughs> the grease marks. The grease marks, yeah, and I the mean, wretched ones are what? Uh, ruthless ones. Ruthless ones. My yeah, apologies. It's, it's like a punk ska band. Pump, punk, and ska. Yeah. So if you'd imagine like the early Clash. Oh, love the early Clash. Yeah. All right, that's the ruthless. The ones. ruthless ones, yeah. and uh, the grease marks are the. Uh, any gigs coming up? Yeah, Friday, uh, in tr- downtown Toronto near Spadina in Bloor. What's the name of the club? Uh, it's 22 Madison Avenue. Right. Basically, Doors open at? Uh, 9. 9? Yeah. Okay. You'll be taking the stage. And uh, are you the opening act or are you the feature uh, act? Feature act. Well done, my yeah, friend. Yeah. It's right. basically a frat house party. A frat house party. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll give that one a wide berth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll perform here one night for me. There we go. Uh, one of the, and um, uh, here in studio, my story producer, occasional remote viewer, the mysterious, the shy, the intrepid, Albert Vinzel. Albert, are you gigging around town? What's going on with you these days? Um, no, <laughs> no gigs. Um, just taking it easy. All right, just taking it easy. And uh, finally, my producer of my weekly radio feature, Strange Planet, Ryan White. Welcome. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Good. Anything to promote? A book tour? Anything? No, unfortunately. Just uh, yeah, just doing like Albert said. All right. All right. You guys harder. Uh, one of the most uh, popular prosaic explanations for the mysterious disappearances of uh, ships and planes in the Bermuda Triangle has now been officially debunked. Skeptics searching for an answer to the puzzling phenomena have long suggested that lost ships and planes fell victim to, get this, a surge of methane gas, or as they say in England, methane. It's methane, folks. Methane gas erupting from the ocean floor. Can you imagine? People actually thought that. So... um, uh, an author and bubble physicist. There's actually such a thing as a bubble physicist. Helen Zersky says that the methane bubble theory is simply scientific hot air. And according to her explanation, if a large amount of methane erupted from the ground underwater, it would quickly form into tiny bubbles. Remember that song? Don Ho? Rather than a ship sinking giant mass of gas. Additionally, these tiny bubbles would push the water below the ship upwards as they rose and ultimately would cause the vessel to move away from the scene. Zersky goes on to say that theoretically such an event could sink a ship if it were tilted over to one side, except that every ship is built to prevent that from happening. As such, she declared, methane bubbles in the Bermuda Triangle definitely do not sink ships. And of course, you know, how would that possibly, how would methane bubbles possibly affect uh, countless planes that have also uh, disappeared over the Bermuda Triangle. We go now to the center of the Bermuda Triangle. Joshua P. Warren has spent 20 years breaking ground in the paranormal. He began publishing at the age of 15. Holy smokes, I was still wetting the bed. Not really. At age 25, Simon and Schuster published his book, How to Hunt Ghosts, now widely considered a classic in the field. In 2004, he made the cover of the science journal Electric Spacecraft uh, for his work on the mysterious Brown Mountain Lights. Founder of Lemur, L-E-M-U-R, Paranormal, and the Asheville Mystery Museum, 
He often corresponds for Coast to Coast AM, hosts the nationally syndicated Speaking of Strange radio show, is a regular personality on programs that have aired on the Travel Channel, Discovery, History Channel, National Geographic, Sci-Fi, Animal Planet, through an open, imaginative mind. Warren tells the facts with a warm, respectful sense of humor, yet reduces them down to a solid lab experiment to separate fact from fiction. And a quick Google search demonstrates why his schedule includes major events regarding ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, psychic phenomena, time warps, everything that presses forth the boundaries of normal reality. Here's just a partial list of his books. How to Hunt Ghosts, I mentioned that. Pet Ghosts, Animal Encounters from Beyond the Grave. Evil in Asheville, uh, that's a work of fiction. Haunted Asheville, Plausible Ghosts, The Secret Wisdom of uh, um, Kukul Khan. Poor Man's Paranormal, Don't Play with Robert. <laughs> i got to find out more about that, poor Robert. Uh, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, and The Gringo Maniac Murder Spree. I love these names. Uh, Joshua P. Warren, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, as you know, I really love this show. Uh, I am just astounded by the information that you're able to extract from great quality guests. So it's uh, always fun to be with you, sir. Oh, it's a great pleasure to have you on, uh, Joshua. So there you are in the Bermuda, uh, Bermuda Triangle. So give us a sense of uh, how Puerto Rico, where you spend some months of the year, is situated within the triangle. Well, you know, the triangle is generally defined as this area between the three points of Miami, Florida, and then on the other extreme end, we have the island of Bermuda. And then right in the middle, at the bottom of the so-called triangle, is the island of Puerto Rico. And so um, it's not an exact uh, triangle, but it reminds me a lot of sort of the Gulf Stream. It's some kind of a pattern of uh, strange events that sort of forms this cluster. And uh, we, we've connected the dots to a certain extent, but we're still not 100% sure what's happening here. Uh, and and uh, d- now, did you choose, uh, I mean, you, you spend most of the time in Asheville, a beautiful, beautiful city in the Carolinas, but did you choose uh, Puerto Rico as kind of a home away from home because not only for the Bermuda Triangle, but of course you've got the Chubacabra sightings there. There's a lot of interesting paranormal stuff going on. Or did you just love the love Puerto Rico? Well, I love Puerto Rico. I've always been attracted to the tropical lifestyle, uh, which is, I guess, uh, kind of ironic since I grew up in, in the mountains. But nonetheless, um, I mean, it, here you have, I can honestly say, more paranormal activity per square mile than anywhere else I've ever been in the entire world. Hmm. And uh, as you just noted, we're not just talking about the disappearances that so many people associate with the triangle. We're also talking about every other type of paranormal phenomenon condensed and magnified. So just to go down a a quick list, I mean, just here in Puerto Rico, you have the oldest city in U.S. territory, Old San Juan, which has been around since the 1500s and has plenty of ghost stories and catacombs. I'll bet. Uh, When it comes to uh, UFO activity, well, you have the Arecibo Observatory here, which is, uh, well, up until recently, it was the largest radio satellite dish in the world. Uh, the Chinese just, just built one that was, that's bigger. Uh, but, you know, the movie Contact with Jodie Foster featured right. that dish. Right. And, uh, it's always been associated with UFOs and USOs. And some of the reports and footage captured here is astounding. Uh, when it comes to cryptids, as you said, it's the birthplace of the so-called chupacabra, as well as other weirder things that most people probably haven't heard as much about. There's a creature called the gargula here. Uh, and then when it comes to sort of like psychic phenomena, you have chapels of miracles here where these amazing things purportedly occur. You have people who experience time warps. Uh, in addition to disappearances, enhanced ESP. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I call it a phantasmagoria of activity <laughs> that makes it very easy for a guy like me to stay extremely busy and happy. Well, you're in the right place. Um, and, and speaking of the Bermuda Triangle, there's a conference going on there, Down. Tell me about uh, that. About that. Well, you know, with this, this lady who just made the announcement, of course, she was promoting uh, her book. And uh, I'm not exactly sure, frankly, about the conferences that are going on. Uh, but I, I myself have a, a special event coming up in mid-July, which uh, if you go to my website and click the news section, you can learn about that. 
Um, but basically, um, you know, when it comes to the, the latest research on the Bermuda Triangle activity, um, I personally have come up with a theory that nobody else seems to be talking about. Um, I was not at all surprised when this physicist said that uh, methane was not a good explanation because for years I have spoken to uh, geologists very familiar with the uh, ocean structure here and the geological structure. I've, I've read documents from the U.S. Geologic Survey that claim there has been no significant discharge of methane here in over 10,000 years. Uh-huh. So even if that were an explanation, it doesn't really matter. Right, right. Um, but here's what you do find, and again, I think I'm the first person to, to notice this. When you look at NASA maps that illustrate the strength of the gravitational field around planet Earth, these maps usually show places where it's stronger in red and weaker in blue. And you'd be amazed at how inconsistent that field is. Well, right here at this patch on Earth that many consider the Bermuda Triangle, you have a patch that's so deep blue, when you get right here in the middle of it, right here where Puerto Rico is, it's so blue you can't even see it on the map. Wow. And so I started looking at connections between paranormal hotspots and gravitational fields. And my work is still pretty early here, but I'm starting to notice, Richard, that you have more activity at some of these places with very low gravity, and then at places with strong gravity, you, on the other hand, have sacred sites. You have pyramids, temples, Ah. places of refuge from the the paranormal. All right, Joshua, hold on to that. That's why you're cutting edge, my friend. Uh, We'll take a time out, come back. Joshua P. Warren is uh, with us, and we'll uh, get into parasymatics and some of his other unique paranormal experiments on the other side. The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The truth will set you free, but first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Ain't that the truth? Joshua P. Warren is uh, with us, and uh, we will discuss his new field of research called parasymatics in uh, just a moment. And uh, take a moment, get on up to Joshua's website, Joshua P. Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N.com, Joshua P. Warren, uh, dot com. And um, you, you were talking about this uh, event you have coming up in Old San Juan, and this is the Manifesting Good Fortune Retreat, and uh, that's happening July 13, 14, 15, so just a couple of months from now. Tell us a little bit more about that, uh, Joshua. Oh, well, thank you, Richard. Um, you know, it's funny because we do all this investigation into the paranormal, and sometimes we have to ask ourselves, well, to what end? You know, what is the ultimate goal here of anything that we do with science or research and technology. And the idea should be to improve our lives, to make our lives better. And so um, I, you know, I don't just look into how to conjure up creepy things and, you know, scare the you-know-what out of people. I mean, I also look into things that will manifest positive activity, uh, that will bring people a happier life, a more fruitful life. And so I decided that uh, it was a good opportunity to um, take my my great friend down here, who is a Santero, who does nothing but help people all the time. He's a very reclusive guy. This is a fellow who doesn't even have a cell phone. He's not even on the the, the computer. And uh, take him as well as Dr. Mulder, who is the technician who actually builds the, the wishing machines. And I don't know uh, if that's something you'd like to dig into. But Absolutely, we will. We'll get into that, yeah. And, uh, and they are both going to be working with me for a weekend, and we're going to sit down with 10 people, and we're going to tell those 10 people everything that we have learned about how to take manifestation and use it to create good, positive things in your life. And I can say that I'm living proof that this works because I live uh, a dream life, as you can imagine. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. I've been self-employed now for uh, 22 years doing exactly what I love. Uh, I have a fantastic wife. I've got a great family. And so uh, I want people to come down here to this beautiful area if they want to uh, learn sort of what we've learned about how to make these things happen. So, yeah, you're right. All the information is there at uh, joshuapwarren.com. Just click the news section. Now, and what a great setting, old San Juan. Uh, so 
how does this work? Is it, for example, everyone remembers this, uh, you know, back on Oprah, the, uh, the, the, all the hoopla about that book, The Secret and the Laws of Attraction. Uh, does it have, is there any similarity between what you're talking about and, and, and uh, The Secret? There is a similarity, but I read all those books and I got very mixed, wobbly results. And I realized that a lot of these books and a lot of this information just comes across as wishful thinking. Well, if you just wish enough and you're just positive enough, um, you can make things happen. But that's not it. Um, you also have to employ a specific technique. And coming at this from a more technical background, I think it is what an engineer would call sympathetic resonance. So in other words, if we have a room that is empty except for two pianos that are identical, and one man walks into that room and pounds a chord on one piano, that second piano will automatically play the same chord, even though he goes nowhere close to it. Right. Um, you can demonstrate this with tuning forks. Just get on YouTube, and you'll type in videos, and you'll see somebody strikes a tuning fork, and it will make a nearby tuning fork create a corresponding signal that comes back. And so what I find is that you have to actually learn a specific technique about how to refine what you want, and then suddenly you can start seeing things work almost like magic, and that's what led me down this path to this new field called parasymatics. Yeah, tell me about uh, how this all started. Something about uh, a haunted doll uh, that you have. Is it Robert the Haunted Doll? Is that where it started? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I've, I spent so many years thinking about how to, you know, manifest spooky things that I realized that, you know, if you can figure out how to manifest stuff, you can, you can manifest anything. You can manifest the, the creepy things or you can manifest the good things. But because I was studying the creepy things, uh, I went about seven years ago for the first time to Key West, Florida, and I did this big, thorough investigation of Robert the Haunted Doll, which is this three-foot-tall doll that's over 100 years old, and it has, oh, gosh, hundreds of stories associated with it about this thing coming to life. Uh, in fact, the writer of the, the horror movie Child's Play with Chucky claims he was inspired by news stories about this doll. So, uh, and of course, as you mentioned, I even wrote a book about it, so there is plenty of content. Well, that said, when I was doing my investigation, I was given a rare opportunity. The powers that be fortunately had a couple fellows with suction cups come out, because this doll is in a museum now, and they lifted this big heavy glass case off of him for the first time in years. Hmm. And this gave me an opportunity to shine a UV light on him. Now, of course, your listeners may not realize that glass blocks most UV light, uh, which is why you don't generally get a sunburn through your window as right. you're driving down the road. Right. So I knew I had this rare opportunity. When I shine this UV light on the doll, this weird little symbol appeared on his sleeve, which kind of looked like a distorted snowflake. Now, the story behind him had always been that a servant of the wealthy family uh, where he originated, was from Haiti and practiced some kind of magic. And I started doing research, and it appeared more and more like this little symbol is what magicians for thousands of years have called a sigil. So Sigil, S-I-G-I-L, sigil. Yeah, exactly. The, okay. the, the word really comes from the Latin word sigillum, which means seal. Uh, but it's been called different similar things going back even in, in the ancient Hebrew, uh, a segula, or, which means uh, a word or effect. And so basically the idea is that when somebody is trying to produce a magical effect, they whip up some kind of an energy form, like an energy mold, and then they condense it down into a visual representation, which may be abstract. And then, once this thing is created, this sigil, if you come into contact with that sigil, it is exposing you to that energy formation that created it. Um, it's really sort of like broadcasting, uh, because it kind of goes both ways. The energy creates the sigil, or you come into contact with the sigil, you're exposed to the energy. So that said, I started looking into how that energy can create shapes and symbols. 
And there was this German scientist named Ernst Schladny, who lived in the late 1700s, early 1800s, who would take a thin piece of metal and sprinkle sand on it, and he would stroke it with a violin bow and get all these amazing, beautiful patterns. Right, right. Sound and waves. And we do that. Yeah, absolutely. You can see them condensed. You're literally seeing the, the, the vibration expressed as an abstract form. Well, we do this now, and we call this cymatics. Uh, you can put, say, a, a speaker underneath uh, a metal plate with sand on it, and you play different tones, and you get these similar patterns. So I started experimenting with this. And long story short, Richard, because I'm here in the Bermuda Triangle, and I'm interested in things that are occurring below the water and above the water, USOs, and I realized that the human body is mainly composed of water and empty space, I started taking containers of water and putting them over top of these different tones and getting all these weird patterns in the water and then viewing those patterns under different types of light ultraviolet light infrared light laser light and pulling different attributes out of those patterns and then here's where the light bulb went off and this turned from cymatics the study of this visualization into parathymatics I thought what if I start recording some specific intentions if you will like, I want to attract a ghost, or I want to have a psychic experience, or I want a greater flow of money in my life, or I want love, or whatever. And you interweave that into the tone, see what symbol this organically creates, and then take that symbol, print it out, and, it, and expose yourself to it. Is this actually going to work the way that magicians have claimed these things work. Now, when you say printed out, I mean, this image, uh, is this an image that is formed uh, as a water crystal? Because it, it's somewhat it, it's somewhat reminiscent of the experiments of that Japanese scientist. Was it Emoto? Yeah, uh, Masaru Emoto. Um, and I actually interviewed Masaru Emoto through a Japanese translator while he was still, you know, in this dimension. He's no longer with us, but... Uh, Emoto, what he was doing was looking at things on a microscopic level. Right, right. And 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 so, so a water crystal exposed, was, a water crystal, for example, exposed to Mozart looked beautiful. Uh, and then he would play some, you know, horrible heavy metal music. Sorry, <laughs> there's my bias showing. But and 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 the this water crystal looked deformed and misshapen, and um, also, you know, Im imbuing the water with with the power of intention, happy thoughts would change the crystalline water structure and so forth. Just giving people kind of a, a thumbnail sketch of what Emoto was about. Oh, yeah, and he would also freeze, you know, his samples, which is a really interesting thing. And I haven't gotten into the whole freezing stuff yet. And so basically, you know, my first experiment with this is, okay, I, I made a symbol to attract a ghost. and I did not tell my wife what was going on. And my wife, she's not like me. She likes hearing about the paranormal, doesn't like experiencing it. No kidding. So my wife, <laughs> yeah, my wife, Lauren, my wife, Lauren, she went to bed. I, unbeknownst to her, put this symbol on the door of the bedroom. I was staying up all night. I, it's common for me. She came down at 4.30 in the morning, which is very uncommon for her. She's a sound sleeper. And she was freaking out. She said, Are you, have you been in the bedroom? I said, no. And she said, well, something keeps shoving me and waking me up. Oh, I think dear. this place is haunted. And, of course, I'm jumping up and down with excitement. But when I told her what I'd done, she wasn't very happy. But, Joshua, um, is that responsible? I mean, what did you open a portal to? I mean, you don't know what's coming through that portal, do you? Well, I don't even know if it's a portal, though. Um, I think what may be happening is that I may be somehow participating in the process of creating this thing because the energy has to come from somewhere. And this may be a form of tulpamancy where I'm providing the energy and then when I took the symbol and I destroyed it, well, the activity ended at that uh, point. What did she see? Did she see anything or did she just felt, did she felt the sensation of being shoved? felt the sensation of being shoved, which has never happened to her before, nor since. And But that was it. Now, if I'd kept it up, who knows what else could have occurred. But, you know, this, these are experiments, and, and it's always a question, you know, of how responsible is some of this stuff. But, okay, so after that, I made one for money. I want to attract more money in my life. 
I went to a casino down the road here at the Holiday Inn, and I hit two jackpots back-to-back. And that was... I'd never had that experience before. So what did that? Um, what does that? What does the the uh, the sigil look like for attracting money? Well, so far all of these are very abstract, weird-looking symbols. If you go to joshuapwarren.com and scroll down the homepage, I have them posted there. This is all free. This is not some money-making scheme. This is an experiment. Right. Uh, I have the ones that I produced so far. Um, and anybody who wants to experiment with this, uh, either take one of these images, put it on your phone or your computer, or print it out and put it somewhere where you'll see it a lot. Or if you own a, mich- a wishing machine, a lot of people around the world now own wishing machines, you can take one of these and you can actually put the symbol on the wishing machine input plate, and you can try that out as well. And, and, um, and for those people that aren't, aren't uh, don't have access to a computer, so uh, what you've done is you've sort of created an, an artistic rendering of this form that showed up in the water, right? That's exactly right. Okay. I, I created a tone that included a specific message and then took whatever pattern naturally occurred, captured that, put it on my computer, uh, enhanced it, and then turned it into this, bizarre symbol that was given uh, given to us by mother nature so we have a money sigil the ghost sigil is kind of interesting it almost looks like some sort of a crustacean uh and then you've got a love sigil and a psychic sigil the psychic sigil is to enhance one's intuitive intuitive abilities yeah because like for example i put that one under my pillow which actually uh, i didn't have a lot of success with that because i kind of toss and turn a lot so instead i decided to tape it on the headboard of my bed, and I'm always—I've always been a vivid dreamer. But I had this very realistic dream that one of my neighbors was going to move—a very mundane thing. But I got up the next day and I saw them hauling out furniture, and I went over and they said that they were moving. And so, to me, now that was not again a life-altering thing. But it, it was shocking to me because I had such a vivid dream with that symbol, that sigil there, and then it was almost like you know seeing the future. Um, and so I, I went on Coast about a month ago, and I talked about this. And since then, I've gotten so many thousands of emails from people who have had these incredible experiences. I'm actually making another batch of them now this coming week, um, and and this is going to address some of the things that people have told me that, that they would like. And so if anybody wants those, I'll have them posted. Uh, basically, the best thing to do, I have a, an, a free e-newsletter on my webpage, and if you sign up for that, then I'll let you know when these new ones come out, and this can be a big collective experiment to see if parasymatics is actually going to stand the test of time and continue working for people. JoshuaPWarren.com. Joshua P, as in Peter. What does the P stand for, Joshua? It stands for Paul. Paul, there you go. Joshua Paul, or Joshua P, as in Paul Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N.com. JoshuaPWarren.com. And if you scroll down on the homepage, you'll see... Uh, the uh, the sigils, and I guess uh, what should people do? Just print those off, on the, uh, print it, and maybe enlarge it. And uh, we'll talk about the wishing machine when we come back as well, how that works. Joshua P. Warren stays with us for the hour. Don't go anywhere. My name is Richard Serrett, and you're listening to The Conspiracy Show. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Parasymatics. It's a, a new field of paranormal research, and uh, Joshua P. Warren is uh, with us to tell us more about it. He joins us from uh, beautiful Puerto Rico, uh, which is sort of paranormal central, really. There's so much going on there. And um, again, uh, give us the details for your, um, uh, your um, event that's happening there in July. Oh, well, thank you, Richard. Uh, yeah, this is actually a very uh, rare event. Uh, I am telling people it is a once-in-a-lifetime event, and I really mean that because uh, bringing myself and Dr. Mulder and Santero Longley all together 
this is a major a major ordeal, especially since all three of us travel a lot and we have a lot of projects we're working on. So basically, we are going to be right there in uh, my favorite hotel in Old San Juan, Puerto Rico. This is one of the most beautiful places on earth. We're going to spend three days, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, we're actually going to go to the beach and snorkel some, and we're going to have a have the Santero do a blessing for everybody to have good fortune. But the idea is for us to get together for three days with uh, with ten people and really have small, intimate discussions where I talk about what I've learned. Dr. Mulder talks about what he's learned about radionics and wishing machines. And then Santero Longley talks about what, what he has learned from a lifetime of studying spirituality, all for the intention of creating truly practical, good things in your life. So I, uh, I've got the information there at the news section of JoshuaPWarren.com, but I have to get everything confirmed by this coming Friday. So if anybody wants to uh, to do it, now's the time to uh, to be a part of this. All right, JoshuaPWarren.com. Uh, so tell me about, there's a picture of the, the wishing machine uh, on, the, on the home page. Tell me about uh, how this device came into, into being. War, uh, Joshua, can you hear me? Did we lose him? Hmm. Joshua P. Warren has left the building. All right. Well, he is in the Bermuda... All right. Ian is going to try calling him back. Well, he is in the Bermuda Triangle. So maybe that might have something to do with it. Well, uh, if you can hear us, Joshua, hang up and we're going to call back. All right. I'm just looking at these, uh, these sigils. The money sigil, the ghost sigil, the love sigil... And the psychic sigil, uh, Albert. How, how, how do you think? I, I don't understand how these are made. Like, so you get you get a like a I don't know a, a container or a vessel of water, and he talked about using some sort of audio frequency, and then how do you how do you transfer your intention into that audio signal to create this pattern in the water? I didn't quite get that. Do you understand? Well, I guess it, at the hertz, if 432 degrees hertz is the, you know, love frequency, then it, he's playing the audio at that, and the, the speakers will vibrate the sound to make that sort of shape, and then he renders it as an artistic drawing. 432 freq- is, it, hertz. Uh, hertz is the love frequency. I, I think so. I, I, I think that's what, what he's trying to do, yeah. Like, he's... he's you know, transliterating, you know, audio to the image okay, and then I putting his intention on Sure. It. So the, the, the audio frequency obviously is going to create these shapes in the water because we know uh, from experiments that this is cymatics, right? So, but, but what is the, what is the, how do you determine what is the frequency for a ghost or what is the yeah. frequency for money? <laughs> Do you understand that? I don't understand that aspect of it. Yeah, that would be a good, good one to pin him down on. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I think we've got, uh, Joshua, are you there? Uh, yeah, I am. It's and, that open you know, muted triangle. That, that's always my excuse. I mean, because it's true. Things do behave differently down here uh, electronically, and it doesn't matter if I, what kind of line I'm using. I've tried them all, and this <laughs> happens. So, that's anyway, all right. Occupational uh, hazard. What I, what, yeah. While we were trying to get you back, I was asking uh, Albert, my story producer, um, how do you determine... The, uh, we'll get back to the wishing machine. I was asking you about that in a moment. But the, the, the frequency that you use, for example, uh, Albert, my producer, was suggesting the love f- frequency is 432 hertz or something like that. I mean, how do you determine the, the audio frequency for ghosts or the psychic uh, ability or money? How do you determine the frequency? Well, at this point, because I'm early in my experimentation, all that I'm really doing is scanning through a huge range of frequencies, and I'm seeing which frequencies are going to produce the most dynamic visual in a certain sized container with a certain amount of water. So I have these various conditions. You have the size of the container, you have the the amount of water, and then also you find that some of these things appear more clearly under UV, some more clearly under infrared, some better with a laser. So I, I'm not just at this point looking for, say, a frequency that might necessarily correspond to something in nature, like the Schumann resonance or something like that. Instead, I'm first trying to get a nice visual pattern, and then I find that when I also incorporate the audio that 
has the intention or the attraction, it will alter that normal pattern, and then that altered pattern is the one that I'm trying to capture. And so I definitely feel, however, that as time goes on and we're able to sort of refine the possibilities here, that we can look into reproducing some of these more natural patterns. But I, I, I also hope that people listening to this program who have some technical uh, understanding and some, some curiosity and time will start making their own sigils, and we can share information collectively. All right, so the, uh, the wishing machine that we see uh, on the, the homepage of JoshuaPWarren.com, how did that come into being? Well, you know, about 15, actually, I guess it's been 17 years ago now, um, I, I bought my first quote-unquote wishing machine. And uh, I have always been kind of a sucker for any type of bizarro little instrument with buttons and switches on it. I'll try out anything, no matter how much of a scam it sounds like. And so uh, to me, the, the wishing machine sounded like the scam of the century because this is a box that has been around for over 100 years that is supposed to do exactly what it sounds like, help you make wishes come true. And so um, there, scientifically, there is no sound technology behind why this should work. Um, I have some theories we can get into if you'd like. But anyway, um, I bought one of these boxes from a guy in California for $300, I thought I would be clever, and as soon as I got it, I tuned it, and I wished for my $300 back. <laughs> and then, like, two days later, I got a call from a major resort in Asheville saying we have a group of dentists who are coming into town, and they want somebody to show up and tell them some stories about the area for 45 minutes to an hour, and they're paying $300. Bingo. And I was so surprised that it was that exact amount that I thought, okay, I'm going to keep playing with this. So over the past 17 years, I have completely altered my life by using this machine and finding that, for me, this works incredibly well. And so I produced a project that started several years ago, which we can talk more about shortly. And we will do that shortly. Let me just jump in here, uh, Joshua. We'll take another time out. Come back, Joshua P. Warren on The Wishing Machine, JoshuaPWarren.com. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, we are back into the home stretch with Joshua P. Warren, who is uh, down in Puerto Rico. Uh, his website, JoshuaPWarren.com. We're talking about parasymatics and the use of uh, sigils uh, to, to manifest things in your life. And it can be uh, money, it can be love, it can be uh, an enhanced psychic ability. Or, now this is interesting, um, ghosts. And uh, I, wanna, I want, if time permits, we'll get back around to that uh, because you may have uncovered sort of the underlying principle behind a lot of paranormal phenomena. It may be just a human manifestation. But I want to talk a little bit more about the money machine, or the wishing machine, rather. A money machine, hey, there's an idea. The wishing machine. And now, can you place these sigils on top of the wishing machine? Will that help? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, that is one of the most intriguing areas of research because... You can put a lot of different things onto the input plate of a wishing machine, but um, you also can put various abstract symbols. And so far, it seems that if you have a wishing machine and you put one of these parasymatic symbols onto the input plate, well, then you don't need to do anything else. I mean, it, it, it just sort of goes into autopilot at that point. And so uh, to me, it clearly demonstrates that, the way these things are working has to do with somehow enhancing the way that uh, information in a general form is being condensed and then transmitted into this matrix or grid we call reality, and that it, it doesn't necessarily matter if you understand what you're doing so much as you have an idea, uh, sort of an emotional connection to what you're doing. Um, and so that said, uh, you know, I teamed up with Dr. Mulder uh, years ago, and that's not his real name. I mean, uh, the fellow who makes the wishing machines, who this guy is the best wishing machine maker in the world. Uh, he enjoys his privacy. That's why it's so 
amazing that he's going to be participating in this conference. He's never done this before, and nobody is allowed to photograph him or or videotape anything. He really likes his privacy. And and you have to understand, when you have a reputation for being the guy who builds wielding, uh, wishing machines, I mean, people will – they'll beat a path through your doorway and they will crawl in your windows. and right. yeah. Um, and, and so uh, we decided, look, if we want to understand why this stuff is working, um, there's no good way we can come up with of, of putting this in a laboratory setting, of trying to quantify all the variables that would be involved in the traditional scientific method because you're dealing with individuals, unique individuals, and their unique circumstances. Right. So the next best thing seemed to be, okay, Let's provide a forum where people can purchase these for a very reasonable price because there are folks out there who sell machines like this for thousands of dollars. And frankly, I don't think that there's any way you can justify uh, charging people thousands of dollars because I mean, if you look at the material alone, I think a few hundred dollars is certainly reasonable. But the, the key is you then keep up with them and you track their experiences, you survey them, you get feedback from them, and then over time build up a database where you try to figure out how this is working for them. And so... Um, What's your database say about people that are using the wishing machine, maybe in conjunction with these sigils? What are Anecdotally even, what are people saying? Well, when it comes to these sigils, I mean, I just developed this parasymatics technique about six weeks ago so we're I mean we're really early in this uh, so I can't say exactly I mean so far I mean I have at least mm, I would say two dozen people who have put this on a wishing machine who have said this has worked for me just like any other tuning method but even quicker and more effectively and of course I've had my own experiences but in general what we find is that these machines they they only work within the natural laws. That's the number one. Um, so that means if you want to fly like Superman or you want to live forever, um, that's probably not going to happen. You need a bigger um, machine for that, I guess. <laughs> a much bigger machine. But how does it better? It looks very interesting. There are a lot of dials on there. You, you plug this thing in, and what does it do? Run an electrical current through it, or how does it work? Well, you know, it's interesting. The earliest models of these did not even require an electrical current. And what we find is that if you, if you don't have an electrical current, the machine will still work. But if you plug it into an electrical current, it seems to work much more quickly. And at first, I found that very frustrating because I, I used to like to think, well, this is a mind-powered technology and, uh, you know, you can't even relate it to anything you'd plug into the wall and hit the on switch. But it turns out you can. And the more I thought about that, the more I realized, well, uh, look at the human brain. The brain is an electrical machine. Uh, and so maybe if this device almost uh, acts as an extension of the brain, then when you add that extra amount of electricity, um, it might at least operate as a sort of carrier wave. Aha, that's what I was thinking, yes. A carrier yeah. wave, okay. So for a, a carrier wave that amplifies the human intention. That's one way of, I know that's a very Newtonian way of looking at it, but I think that it, that is one part of it. I also think a part of this is probably quantum, that it has to do with the idea of entanglement, um, that your brain to begin with is naturally potentially connected to anything else in the world that you might want to alter or affect. Um, but the reality is that everybody else's brains are as well. Right. So what that means is, okay, if I want to, say, wish for the Aston Martin DB5, uh, okay, that's no problem. But if I want to wish for the Aston Martin DB5 that Sean Connery drove in the movie Goldfinger... Uh-oh, now this is a much bigger challenge because there are lots of other people out there who, wishing machine or not, are focusing their intention on that same specific target. Right, right. And, and so it's a matter of realizing that your brain is connected to these points in the universe, that you can enhance this ability through these technologies that we're trying to understand, but you also have to consider that some things are 
are going to be easier uh, than others, depending on who else is uh, trying to get that same thing. There are nine dials on, on the one on your website, joshuapwarren.com. What, what do those buttons or dials do? Well, the, there's an input plate there uh, where you represent in some form what you want. And then there's an output plate, which is used to tune uh, the device. And the tuning comes from adjusting what happens between the input plate and the output plate as whatever you're putting into that input plate passes through each one of these dials. Now, each dial basically acts like a potentiometer. So in other words, it's kind of like a volume dial on uh, a stereo or a radio. And so what you're doing is you're trying to reach a point of biofeedback where as you put your intention into the input plate, and then you use one hand to touch that output plate, you are adjusting that stream of energy as it runs through the device until finally you feel a sensation on the output plate that indicates that you have adjusted your biofield and you've tuned it to that specific thing. We call it a rate. So in other words, right now, you may have a lot of thoughts running through your mind, and which if you could hear all that, it would just sound like noise. Well, what we want is for that noise to become music. So we're taking all this chaos that you have in your mind right now because you're thinking about what you saw on the news and you're thinking about what you're going to have for dinner uh, and you're thinking about whether or not you're going to get your taxes paid on time. What You're taking all that noise and you're cutting through it by using this, uh, I think I believe it's a technology. I mean, even if it's just a very sophisticated, highly effective placebo effect, fine, as long as it works. But I think it's a technology, and we can get into that if we – I guess we're running out of time. But anyway, um, I think that what you do is you use this to refine the specific thing that you want, and then once you do this, you put the box away, and the box continues to sit there – and project this for you so you then can turn away and devote your attention to other things. Ah, interesting. All right. So with these two plates, is you, you mentioned earlier creating this, what did you call it, a sympathetic vibration? Is that what you're... A sim- yeah, a sympathetic resonance. Resonance. I, think yeah. I call this ASR, automated sympathetic resonance. That if you, you as a, as a human being, a conscious, enlightened human being, can sit around and you can focus and dwell on what you want all the time, but maybe you had rather put this into a type of device which can cycle this for you. So it's like the difference between reading a map to get from point A to B, which requires a lot of constant attention, or just using your GPS receiver uh, where you, you, you punch in your coordinates, you hit go, and you let it do the work. So uh, this is sort of the analogy that I use when I think about how that you can achieve something using this degree of effort or you can achieve it using that degree of effort. And the radionics machine makes it a lot easier for most people who understand how to use it. Well, you mentioned earlier the uh, the the experience you had when you first purchased it. You paid $300 for it, and that $300 you know, just sort of dropped out of the ether w- with a simple phone call. Give me some other examples of, of how the wishing machine has worked in your life. We just have a few minutes here. I'll give you my favorite little one. Uh, there's one really, really big one, but I'll give you my favorite little one. Um, I, I ha- got a, an email from a guy in Canada who believes, and he said, I am a metal detector, and for 20 years I've always wanted to find something made of gold with diamonds. And he said, I never have, but I got a machine, and it turns out I didn't get to go metal detecting, but it didn't matter because I'm walking down the sidewalk in town, and I look down, and I find, sure enough, this gold bracelet that had uh, diamonds. And so after I got his email, I thought, I'm going to that out. Set my machine with diamonds in it. My sister Jessica had never been to Puerto Rico. She came down here to visit me and my wife, and so we decided to take cling. And all morning, we went out to this remote island called Gilligan Island. <laughs> Beautiful place. Uh, there's nobody else around. I sat down in the water on the, the floor of the ocean with the sea up to my, my uh, neck. And my wife came over and sat down next to me, and my wife likes seashells. And so 
whenever she's around, I start feeling uh, through the sand to see if I can find the nice seashell. I reach down and I pluck out of the sand a men's 14-karat gold ring with nine <laughs> diamonds in it. And it fit me perfectly on my ring finger, by the way. Wow. Um, there that, you go. That, that kind of stuff, I'm telling you, you this, I don't know how, how else you can explain it. It's, it's, it. it is proof that this is working that specifically. Joshua, this is why you are uh, on the cutting edge uh, of paranormal research. It's fascinating. I, we have to have you back on uh, again and again if you're game for that because um, I want to get more into these these sigils, and I'm wondering maybe if you're on the cusp of sort of under uh, discovering what is sort of the common denominator behind a lot of paranormal activity. And uh, it's fascinating whenever the supernatural and the and science sort of intersect. Um, it's you know you get some remarkable insights. And uh, Joshua, always a pleasure. Thank you for uh, for coming on with us tonight. I enjoyed this. Anytime. Thank you so much, and I look forward to our next conversation. JoshuaPWarren.com. And, uh, well, that is it for us. My thanks uh, to Ian and Albert and Ryan, all of you for listening at home, and uh, great calls in the first hour. Back next week with a brand-new program and a brand-new format. Don't forget the YouTube channel, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hit the sub button. Say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett. S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There is nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I say in the dark, speak in the light what you hear in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.